So I see how it could be a common misconception. I see how, you know, a picture book would look easy from the outside. And I think that's true of any talented artist. The mark of their talent is that they make something look easy. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview Sarah Lynn Scherger, who is a kids author. She's actually a kids author and a teen fiction writer. So um, when I say kids, I mean like very little kids, like books for toddlers and stuff like that, picture books that usually a parent would probably be reading to their kids. So if you have ever wondered about kids' books like that, like, is this like the easiest thing in the world to write a book like this? Like, it's got to be more difficult than it seems, right? Or like, what's the deal with writing a kid's book? How do you get published? And then also teen fiction and kind of like just, you know, delving more into that world and what it's like to write a teen fiction book. This is a uh, all-encompassing interview about that whole entire world that uh, Sarah is a part of. And Sarah is such a great person and has written um, several great books now in both of those realms. So I'm going to put up links to everything on the Half Hour Intern page. I highly encourage you uh, checking it out after the interview if you uh, have kids or if you're into teen fiction. Without further ado, here is children's author. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really interested to know what came first for you being just being an author in general? Like, were you a writer that one day decided to start writing teen and children's books or was like your very first venture into writing, writing teen and children's stuff? That's a good question. I would say I've only ever written for children, probably because when I started writing, I was a child. Um, I feel like I gravitated towards writing as a hobby in parts of my life when I needed something to a place to put my creative energy um, and have a project. So I remember in like middle school, I um in the summer, I can't remember what year, like seventh or eighth grade, I hold myself up in my room and I wrote like a, a mini novel. Um, I'd go every you know day and write a page or two. And it was just a project for me, for myself, an outlet. Um, and I think it started for the, at, at that place. That's um, so interesting. So you, as you got older, you still kind of oh, tried to hone that same voice that you had at that age, as it were. Yes, but not consciously. I mean, I think when I look back, I think that's where it started for me, but I, um, I didn't start writing seriously until, um, I became a mother myself. And then I was reading all these children's books and thinking they're so funny or they're so amazing or how do they do that and wanting to try it myself. But I think it, it came from that place of being, you know, a middle schooler and needing a project or an outlet, a place to put my, my creative energy. Yeah. Interesting. So you write both books for teens and also children's books or like toddlers books or whatever the proper terminology would be. <laughs> sure so, um, what, uh, which came first of those two things? Did you first write like, you know, professionally speaking, did you first write a, a book for teens or a book for children? Yeah. Professionally, I would say it started out with children's books because at that point I had just become a mother myself and I was reading so many picture books to my little boy. Um, and so my mind just started turning and I started thinking of stories and ideas for books of that age. Yeah. Which of the two, now that you've done both, which of the two is more difficult to write? A children's book or is it like a full teenage novel? 
great that's question. That's a great. I think they're both really, really hard, but in different ways. Um, I would say that picture books uh, maybe even are harder. They're they're extraordinarily hard to write, mostly because it's so difficult to come up with an original idea. The market is saturated with books. There are so many books on the shelves. Um, and they are timeless. So, so the books that were popular when I was a kid are still selling. Right. Um, so there's just not a lot of room for new ideas and new new concepts. Um, and also, so you have to come up with something that feels fresh and new and marketable. Um, and it's also very difficult to convey a whole story with so few words. Um, the current picture books have a very low word count. I think it's because, you know, parents don't have time to sit down and read pages and pages of text. So each page has sometimes only a few lines. Sometimes even one line, sometimes even one word on it. Um, so it's very, very low word count. Um, novels are are hard in a different way. They're fun to write, I think, but they're a huge endeavor. It usually takes me about a year to get a rough draft of a novel, and then the revisions are, you know, often a couple more years to get that done. Do you find that's interesting? You mentioning how uh, quick and brief you have to be and good with your word choice when you're writing a children's novel do you find that that has improved your ability to just write overall because you're always you know you're not just expanding on every single sentence you're getting to the point yeah that's a good that's a good point because i think i am kind of wordy and like if i'm emailing my friends i'm a wordy writer i'm not concise so yes i think it it has made me have to become much more concise precise with my word choice um, not saying more than you need to say. And with a picture book, too, the illustrations are supposed to tell a, a big part of the story. So you can leave room for the illustrator to do that. Yeah. How do you find an illustrator for a children's book? Is there like an illustrator marketplace? Do you have to know a really good illustrator off the bat? I would say it's a common misconception that writers find their own illustrators. That's actually not how it works typically. Um, in fact, it's almost considered poor practice to submit your um, your story with illustrations unless you are the illustrator yourself. Um, so generally how it works is the author sends her manuscript to a publishing house. Um, if the editor likes the manuscript and wants to buy it, they will then match it with an illustrator that they feel is a good fit for that particular project. Um, and I, you know, at first that seems kind of, um, it seems unusual, but the, the reasoning for it is that you've got then three minds on one project. You've got the imagination of the author. You've got the imagination of the editor who's pairing the words with an illustrator style. And then you have the imagination of the illustrator. So for example, my my first picture book that was published is Tip Tap Pop. And um, it's a story about a little girl and her grandpa and their bond and they tap dance together. Um, but he's also aging in this process and they kind of, they begin to communicate primarily through their, their tap dancing sounds um, as the book progresses. I had imagined this being a very serious a seriously illustrated book with, um, you know, authentic pictures that look true to the way people really look in real life. Um, and the editor paired me with somebody who had just very whimsical, quirky, um, endearing artwork. I, I would not have imagined that pairing, but once I saw it together, I realized how that's the perfect fit. If I had had what I imagined, which is a, a real accurate portrayal of the way people look, it would have been too heavy of a book. But with her whimsical, quirky illustrations and the tap dancing sounds that, I incorporated throughout the book. It, it's a very light, upbeat book, even though it has a deeper topic that adults will understand. Um, 
Now, if you disagree with the editor's choice or the editor's thoughts, like let's say he pairs you up with some artist and you see the art and you're just like, man, this isn't what I had in mind at all. Do you then have any say in that or you just got to kind of take whatever the editor gives you? Um, I would say not really. <laughs> it probably depends on who you are as an author. If you're a very well-known author and you've, you know, a bestseller or something, you probably have a lot more say in what happens with your your manuscript. But for someone like myself who's newer to the business, I really, you really don't. Um, you're lucky. Sometimes authors don't even get to see the pictures until the book comes out. Um, I was fortunate enough to work with amazing editors who um, would consult me um, about the specific images in the manuscript as it became what we call it. We call it a dummy. It's where they, they put the words and the pictures together in kind of a sketch form. So not a, not the end product. Um, and with my picture books, the editor sent me rough drafts that the illustrator had created and asked me to share any thoughts. Um, and she allowed me to have some input as well. So I didn't get to speak directly to the illustrator, but I spoke to the editor and shared my thoughts on the editor then decided and agreed and passed that information on to the illustrator. So for example, with tip tap pop, I have a scene where the kids are in a dance class and the original version had only little girls in the dance class. And I am a mom of boys and I really wanted a little boy in that dance class. And so I suggested that they consider that and they decided to add a boy into the class. Wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. So I am so happy to hear you say that the children's books are just as difficult to write as the books for teens, because I would imagine that that it is incredibly prevalent for people to think that writing a children's book is just a slam dunk and like the easiest thing in the world. Um, first of all, is is that frustrating and annoying that that people have that assumption with children's books? And then what are the more difficult aspects of trying to write a children's book? I, it's not annoying to me because I see how it could be a common misconception. I see how, you know, a picture book would look easy from the outside and I think that's true of any talented artist. The mark of their talent is that they make something look easy. That's true for a dancer or a singer or an author. It should look easy. It should be pleasurable to read, um, but it's not. Such a so it doesn't point. bother me that people see it that way. That's actually evidence of the success. So given the fact that that a lot of people think it's easy, and like you said, that the, the children's books are completely timeless so like most parents are basically just going to want to purchase the books for their kids that they also had read to them when they were a kid you know mm -hmm. um so like how the hell do you get noticed in the children's book scene how did you get a deal how did you get picked up i think it's a real problem honestly how how much competition there is out there and maybe it's a problem it's a problem for me maybe it's not a problem for the <laughs> you get very very high quality picture books but as an author it, it's very challenging to be noticed um, you know, I have a picture that I show when I give presentations to kids about what an editor's desk looks like. And it's it's a comical picture, but it's uh, a desk covered in paper style, piled so high that it's up to the editor's head. And that's how I imagine an editor's office to be. They are just inundated with submissions uh, from a lot of sources. And if you're lucky, they get to look at it. I mean, it's really it's really a saturated market. So um, at this point, actually, there's so many submissions to editors that most editors don't even respond unless they're interested. So when I first started writing seriously, when, which was when I became a mom uh, 12 years ago, at that time, editors would send out like a re what we call the rejection letter. It's a form letter um, that just let you know they received your manuscript and they were not interested. Um, very generic. And at that time, if 
an editor wrote like a little note on the side, like good try, or I really liked your character. If they put anything handwritten on it at all, it was just blessing. Like, oh my goodness. They took time to write me a little note. Right. Um, but now I don't think editors are even able to do that. They basically, if you don't hear from them, it's a pass. They're just that inundated. Um, so from my perspective, being a writer is not just about writing something good. It's about writing something good that fills a niche that gets people's attention, that's marketable. And so because of that, I feel like it's important, at least for myself, not to get too attached to whether or not a particular manuscript gets published. I try to write for myself because I enjoy the process. I enjoy the creativity. And sure, it's nice when something gets published. It's you know a little extra income and it feels good to, to have it be good enough to be published and to be refined with an editor. But I don't. I try not to make it about that for myself because it takes the enjoyment out of it. And I just want to enjoy the process. Yeah. So on your, like with your first book, did you have some sort of connection or that was just nope, like was, the, the heavens parted <laughs> and you got a book deal? Something like that. Um, so let me think back. I had been submitting my manuscripts, picture books. I probably submitted maybe 15 different picture books before I submitted the picture book, that my first one that got sold. And I was submitting them to all the houses that I thought would be interested the editor that I was working with um, had responded positively. She gave me that that beautiful handwritten note on the side of a submission that she rejected at one point. And I thought, okay, this is somebody who, who maybe likes my stuff a little bit. I'll send to her again. Um, and I sent her another story that she liked a little bit. And she said something to the effect of, you know, I kind of like your character. This is a cute plot idea, but I'm not sure about this and that. Can you change it for me? And so I said, of course, you know, and I went back to my computer and I changed the manuscript the way that she liked it. And I sent it back to her and I waited a couple months to hear back. And then I heard back from her again and she gave me positive feedback and said, it's not quite right for me, but would you mind changing it again? And I did. And ultimately it wasn't the right match for her, but she did say to me, please submit something else. If you have anything else, feel free to submit it to me. Mm. And I did submit tip tap pop. And then it just so happened that um, she knew somebody in her personal life who had was going through some dementia and it really clicked with her and she loved it and she made an offer. And actually she made very few revisions, suggestions at that point because it, it had been pretty refined. Wow. That's so cool. What a great story. Thank you. How much easier was it then to get a second book published after you had already had a first? So I did sell the second book, my second picture book back to her. Um, so I would say, you know, I did kind of have an in at that point. So I'd already sold her one book. We had a pleasant experience working together she was lovely and, you know, I was very happy to respond to any of her suggestions. So I submitted another project uh, and it was a counting book. It became my one, two, three, va, va, vroom, which is my second picture book. And originally I had envisioned that being, um, so I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I, I was, it feels like everything's related to my kids. So I apologize for keeping going back to my kids. But my, <laughs> my son was, um, I guess he was four at that time and I was, how to write his letters and his numbers. And he was sort of a typical boy. He didn't want to hold the pencil. He would rather do anything than hold the pencil, but he loved his little matchbox cars um, that I would give to him for birthdays and holidays. And he would always drive them around, make roads and everything. So I started thinking, wouldn't it be fun if we pretended that the pencil was a race car? And so as we were making the num number eight, I would say like vroom, vroom, and we'd make the pencil go in a circle, you know, to crisscrossing to make an eight. And then, you know, I had this, light bulb moment of, oh, okay, well, maybe that would be a good picture book. Maybe I could write a story about race cars racing on tracks that were shaped like numbers. And maybe that would teach kids how to write um, 
their numbers and get them excited about numbers. So I submitted a project that was similar to that to my to the same editor that had purchased Tip Tap Pop. And um, she came back and said, oh, this is a really neat idea. But she said, um, you know, I think it'd be very difficult for an illustrator to completely make tracks that are shaped like numbers. It would be difficult to, to show it on a page. And my um, my text at that point was very slow, um, not not a quick paced text. And it was something like if numbers were racetracks, I'd, um, you know, veer to the right. It was very slow and, and lilting. And she said, if you're going to write a picture book about a race car, it needs to be snappy and fast and um, quick paced. And so I totally re- redid the entire manuscript to make it very fast paced, um, short lines um, ending with Vava Vroom. And that wound up being a manuscript that she felt she could get behind and she purchased it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I saw one of your other books, one of your other children's books on your website. And I'd love to know the answer to this question, both in regards to the children's books and then later on in, in a different way about the team books. But for the children's books, have you ever had people find things in your own book that you never saw in your own book? Like I was reading one of the reviews to, and I don't know the name of it, but the book that you have with the uh, like cavemen characters. Mm-hmm. And they, it, one of the reviewers was talking about like, this is such a special and amazing book. It's so great for a young kid that doesn't really know, that's trying really hard to form their words, but isn't quite there yet. And these cavemen are using this very basic, you know, type of speak and sounds and this and that. And that like really connects to a a young kid. I'm like, holy crap, I would have never thought of that. (laughs) And then I was thinking like, do like, first of all, did you think of that? Is that why you wrote it like that? And are there, have there been instances where someone will say something about a children's book of yours and you're like, oh man, I like didn't even think about that. So yes, I did think about that with that particular story. That was, again, I had a, one of my kids was learning how to read and I was reading all these easy readers and thinking about how cavemen speak in very truncated words, you know, you stink, me stink, that kind of thing. And it's, it's so nice for kids to be able to read something short and feel successful. They were able to accomplish a page or a chapter. And actually, this is interestingly, when I approached it, this is a different editor that I worked with for the Boulder Brothers, Meet Mo and Joe is the title. Um, we were concerned that teachers and parents wouldn't want a book that was spoken in incorrect grammar. So, you know, you stink, me stink is not correct grammar. So what we did, this was the editor's brilliance, is we added a top to each page that was sort of a narration that's in grammatically correct speak. Um, and then we have our caveman speak, which is not grammatically correct, but the child can read. So depending on the level of the child, they can either read both the, narr- the narration at the top that's grammatically correct and the caveman speak, or a parent could read one or the other. Mm. See, these are the things that like, <laughs> it's someone like people think like, oh, it's so easy to write a kid's book. It's like, that's such a crazy thought because these things are, these things are really difficult to think about making these decisions. And that's why it's so great to have a team. Um, you know, when, when the book comes out, it's the author's thoughts. It's, you know, revisions and revisions and revisions. It's the editor's thoughts, their colleagues' thoughts, the publisher's thoughts, the marketing team's thoughts. Everybody comes together to kind of create what they think is going to sell. Um, and I think too, with the um, increase in self-publishing, th- those are all the pieces that you don't get when you publish yourself. You don't get the whole team behind you to help you um, make it a marketable venture. Although yeah. there certainly have been some that have been very, very successful in self-publishing. Yeah. So let's move on to your teen books. So why don't we just start out with like, 
how the hell do you write a book? <laughs> like, I talk about planning and outline and like picking characters and stuff like that. So for me, I have to have some kind of inspiration. I, I think it's different for everybody. Um, I can't just completely plot it initially. I need to sit, have some kind of inspiration that sparks my thinking, and then I can go from there. Um, so for, sometimes it's an idea, sometimes it's a voice. Um, usually it's it's when I'm not too focused on anything when I'm, you know, driving or walking or doing the dishes when my, my brain is relaxed. And I guess maybe some of my unconscious can kind of float around in there. Something will come to me, some idea, a character, a plot. And then I try to write it down so I don't forget because knowing me, I might. Um, and when I can come back to it, I can kind of flesh it out a little bit. So once I have a, a spark of an idea, I try to think, you know, about plot and about characters and development. Um, and then I just sort of go from there. Do you ever set aside time to try to find sparks? Like, do you ever sit, just like sit in a chair and, and try to think, or you always wait for it to come to you? You know, I have tried, but I find that counterproductive because when I sit down and I'm like, think, 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 <laughs> I have to have an idea. Nothing comes to me. It's usually when I'm relaxed and not trying to think that I can think of something. Now I can, I can think in a concentrated way once I have that spark, that initial beginning of a story, but not for the beginning of it. I've got to be in a relaxed mode yeah when you are writing up characters and stuff like that are you usually making a, a character from someone that you know in your life or someone that you knew when you were a kid that's another good question um not consciously i i feel a lot of writing is unconscious so i don't think about a character and say oh i'm going to model this after my mom or i'm going to model this after my best teacher it's usually i'm imagining a character who of course is uh you know compiled of all the people in my life that I've come across. And I'm not going to make a character that I've never doesn't have components of people that I've actually interacted with or that I've seen in movies or, um, so I'm sure that they're on some unconscious level. I'm sure that all those factors create my characters, but I'm not consciously saying, Oh, this is going to be somebody like my mom or my dad or whoever. And then is the main character in your books, typically you more or less, or do you try to make someone different? That's a great question. I almost feel like my characters are my alter ego. Um, you know, I, I think I write really um, edgy, complicated, sarcastic characters. And in real life, I'm sort of quiet and mild. Um, <laughs> All the things you I, wish you could say and you're just biting yeah, your tongue. That's exactly right. I feel like it's my outlet to be the person that I, I am not in my day-to-day -day life. But my characters are usually pretty tough women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> see like the crazy things that they get into. So maybe it's better that you're more reserved, you know? Yeah, that's right. I can learn my lessons. <laughs> So, and then how about the, um, like the outline and writing process? Do you, do you start writing and see where your writing takes you and just like a very creative, open, free form, or do you outline the entire book and then fill in pieces from there? I've done both. Um, I feel a combination of the two is most helpful for myself. Um, if I am too detail oriented with an outline, I sit down to write and again, I'm stuck. I can't, I don't have that spark, that imagination, but if I'm you know, have a sense of where I want to go and I just sit down and try to be creative, I feel like I can get there. But I, I do like to have some general sense of where the plot's going to go. Otherwise, I feel like I, I waste time or, and I waste words and I have to go back and cut them anyway. So Yeah. Do you find it more difficult? Like every year that you get older, do you find it more difficult to kind of feel and reach back to that teen voice that you're trying to write these books from, or, or is it always just as easy? 
I would say ask me in 10 years. <laughs> I mean, right now, I still feel, honestly, I, still I mean, you are only 19 years old. Right, so, that's right, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I, you know, in my heart, I still feel like a teenager or like a very young adult. I don't feel my age. And maybe all of us do. I feel much younger, I feel, you know, than I actually am year-wise. Um, but I also feel like in, you know, in 10 years or so, I'll have kids that are teenage age, you know, actually one's very close to it now. Um, and so I'll have that whole new window into the teenage world. So I'm hoping to extend my um, ability to connect with teenagers a long time. And I think in general, you know, often authors who write for teens write for teens for many years. So I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that I can connect uh, long after I'm past that window. Yeah, you'll get all the hip new lingo from your yeah. kids. <laughs> right. Which is probably not saying things like hip new lingo. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it, speaking on that, do you have a teenager right now that proofreads your books, like a friend of the family or anything like that? Or are you just sending it in thinking like, yep, this is like what a, like how a teenager would sound or what a teenager would like? Yeah, you know, I don't have anybody, any teenager reading my stuff. And I think it's because I'm, I would consider myself a private writer. Um, I have a hard time sharing my projects with my friends or my family. It's I feel more comfortable sending it to an editor than I do sending it to my best friend. Um, I think because when you write or maybe any art form, you're really exposing yourself. You kind of make yourself vulnerable to feedback and input and, um, you know, critique. And I always feel, I guess, very shy about that process. So I really don't share it um, too much with anybody until it goes to an editor. Although I do have writing friends and I do share it with, with those people because I feel like we're honing our craft, but not so much with, you know, people in my personal life. Yeah. Have you always really identified with your teen years? Like I, I never particularly connected with high school, like never really connected with it. And when I got to college, I was like, oh yeah, like this is what I'm, where I'm meant to be at. Like, this is great. And it may perhaps for that reason, or I don't know what, like after college, I've always kind of thought like, you know, being a college professor would be a really cool job. <laughs> um, and maybe that's because of the fact that I really identified with that time in my life. Did you like really identify with your teen years? I enjoyed my teen years. I think there were, I mean, there was definitely angst. You know, <laughs> for sure there was angst, but I think I felt fairly comfortable in my teen years. Um, and I, I feel like our childhood, you know, your, you know, your very young childhood and then also your teen years are so formative. You know, I, when I think back to my teen years, I feel like they were yesterday. Um, I don't feel like it was as long ago as it was. It feels so recent. It feels so much, so impactful to who I am today. And that's true for my childhood, too. I mean, I feel like that those years of my life created who I am and my adult years have passed very quickly, which I think is true for a lot of people. So I, I do feel connected to those years. Yeah. Something I, I just thought of is, is it strange that the audience that's reading your books is and I'm sure that you connect with some of them at, you know, signings and stuff like that. Yeah. Is it strange that the audience that's reading your books, for the most part, is probably younger than like the demographic that you're writing it for per se. I, I don't know how else to really say that, but like when you're a teenager, it's, it's like not cool. Like I remember when my sister was maybe like 13 years old, she was reading 17 magazine, you right. know, and it's like, I'll tell you what she wasn't doing at 17 years old was reading 17 <laughs> magazine. Like she was on to like women's magazines at that point, you know? And likewise, if you're 
in high school, it's probably kind of, uh, and I don't know because I actually didn't read at all when I was in high school, <laughs> but like it's probably kind of nerdy to read teenage books when you're in high school. It's probably like, oh, crap, I guess I have to read like adult books now. Um, so it, it, it do most of the people that are, or most of the people that are reading your books like younger than the people in your books? I would say probably based on the sample size that I've spoken to a little younger than my age range in the book. And I think actually that comes with it some responsibility on the author's part. I do think about that and I think about the, you know, the material in the books and the concepts and the things that my characters do. And I, you know, I hope that the readers are ready for the material that they're reading. I know I'm not the only author that is presenting edgy material. Um, I think mine is pretty mild compared to many. Um, but I think I always compare the, my readers to my own children and thinking about well, what age would I think they're ready to read this. And it's probably older than some of my readers are. Um, but in terms of the coolness of teen books, I feel like there has been um, a slight change in that recently. And some of the teen books have become popular for adults. In fact, there's a lot of adults who are reading teen books. Think Hunger Games, Harry Potter. Um, oh, man, I have read all of them. Both of those. I, yeah, absolutely. As, as an adult, did you come back? I know, as, as an adult now. Yeah. God, okay. they're so good. Yeah, they're amazing. And I, I feel like, you know, just as we were talking about how competitive the the writing field is, the quality of the books that are being released today is very high. Um, and so I would encourage you to go to your local library and check out a few, you know, young adult novels, because I think that you would connect with them more than you imagine. I enjoy reading them myself. Um, so I, I think there's a little bit, it's become maybe a little bit more cool than it once was back in the day when you and I were growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just like two years ago. Yeah, um, right. So is there any sort of stigma in the writing community with being a teen author? So I haven't found that personally myself. I think, again, for the same reason, I think a lot of the, um, the amazing young adult novels that are being released are being made into movies, are bestsellers, are crossing over into the adult readership. Um, so I think that it's, I don't find any disrespect for writing for teens. Yeah, that's great. Like, like you said, I, I guess that's probably another part of that shift. That's great. Right. So Sarah, why don't we uh, try to wind this thing down with some advice for uh, for some would-be authors? Like what, what major pieces of advice do you kind of wish that someone had maybe given you when you first started out? I think, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question because, you know, I did, I did write when I was a younger kid and I did have a few dabblings of wanting to be an author when I was a, you know, a middle schooler. <clears throat> so I think the biggest thing is taking a writing class. I feel like we all think we know how to write because we went to school and we learned how to write in school. Um, but writing to be published is sometimes breaking the rules that we were taught initially, um, being creative, learning a whole new industry. I think, um, it's a gift to yourself if you want to be a writer to take a writing class that gives you some structure, some guidance, some peers that you can then share your work with. There's a huge value in having uh, other readers who can read your work and give you input. We don't see what other people see when we look at our own work or, you know, we only, we know what we're intending to say, so we don't know how it comes across. Um, so a writing class, having a group of people who can read for you um, re revision. I don't know. I don't know for people who are not authors if they can even imagine how much time it takes to revise. I would say a manuscript when I initially think it's done, I have probably ten more revisions to go. It's it's Whoa. so much writing time. Yeah, I would say maybe percentage wise, the writing of a manuscript might take up twenty percent of the time, and the revision is the remaining eighty. It's it's a big process. 
to get every word right and your pacing right and your characters right. Um, and there's, um, you know, there's also associations that support writers, like there's SCBWI, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, um, and it's something that people can pay to be a member for, and they have conferences and things like that that people can go to to learn more about the craft of writing. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to put links up to all that on the uh, Half Hour Intern site, and uh, we'll put links up to your site and your books as well in case anyone has kids or if they want to read your teen novels, which your teen novels, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, The Hunger Games and stuff like that, they sound pretty adult in nature. So uh, Yes. Yeah. yeah, and actually, my second novel, Are You Still There?, is now an audiobook. Um, so, and I really like the, um, the artist who read the book. She was amazing. So, it's available for people who like to listen to. Awesome. I always listen to audiobooks, so I'll definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone, it's Blake. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I wonder how I could help Blake out. First of all, you are probably the nicest person in the entire world. Secondly, all you have to do is just tell a friend about the show. I would really appreciate it. If you're sitting there and thinking, man, my job is really interesting, or man, I do this totally badass hobby. I should totally be on this show then you totally should be on the show. Just reach out to me on halfhourintern.com, my website. You can email me through there. And uh, if there is another job or hobby that you don't do, but you just want to hear about it, you can submit any sort of idea through the Submit Your Ideas link on the page. Thanks again for listening. Take care.